Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we are going to have a ton of fun today talking to my guest. And, and you know, before I really jump into it, I tell you, you know, I was looking at this woman's multiple websites because she is a force of nature. And I was thinking, you know, if you're having a down day, all you have to do is look at her pictures because she is the most happy, bubbly person ever. I mean, you cannot be sad. If you are looking at a picture of my guest, who is Shanice Cleckley. So, welcome, Shanice. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Deb. I truly appreciate that. You know, and it really does, you know, your love of life, your passion for what you do, all those various things comes through very clearly in your website. Oh, you know, well, we thank might, you. We might talk about that later, about how, you know, that is something that, I think sometimes business owners struggle with, you know, should we be serious? Should we know mm-hmm. all these various things? But before we really delve into this, let me tell people just a little bit about you. Okay. So award-winning baker and mompreneur, Shanice Cleckley is a 16-year business owner, inspirational blogger, and marriage coach. She is the co-founder of Our Marriage Rocks coaching firm, and owner of My Dessert Bar Bakery. She is the author of two children's books, Please Wait, Mommy's Working, and Meet Lewis's Big Family. Together with her husband, LeBrian, they have four kids and one grandchild. Shanice uses her jovial personality and zest for life to encourage others to be an active participant in their life and not a spectator. Shanice has wowed audiences with her unique ability to stimulate an atmosphere of excitement and motivation that gives them a lasting feeling of hope and empowerment. So, see, I told y'all we're going to have a ton of fun talking with Shanice today. So, again, Shanice, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, you know, and it's funny because, you know, as I mentioned, you have multiple things going on at once. You are the queen of multitasking, which is a difficult task. You know, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what really led you to, because you were in, I'm putting this in my air quotes. People love this on the radio when I do this. You were in corporate America <laughs> and you left that. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Oh, corporate America was not even the first thing that I wanted to do. I really wanted to be a heart surgeon. Oh, and if you can, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I know, but let me say, I did not want to be a heart surgeon. I I happened to mention to my parents Mm -hmm. that one day I thought I'd want to be a heart surgeon. Actually, Mm -hmm. from the age of four, I told my parents I wanted to be a cookery. I did not know what a chef was. I wanted to cook. And so all through high school, all through college, I went for biology and pre-medicine. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go to um, medical school. That was like the plan. Mm -hmm. Went to Allied Health School because... I had this big plan, as you say with the air quotes, a big plan of making sure that I can work while I go to medical school. So I said, why don't I go to surgical technology? Went to surgical technology school for one year, became a surgical nurse and hated it. I did not like 
the operating room. Oh. While I love caring for people, mm-hmm. I was like, this is this is for the birds. Right. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. So I went into corporate America and worked for Hewlett Packard. Okay. And I did that for nine years mm-hmm. until I got laid off. Mm-hmm. And we went through workforce reduction. And, right. and with that, I said, you know, I just don't like this atmosphere. I don't like working just to make money. Mm-hmm. And while I'm doing an excellent job in helping my clients, I really didn't feel like it stirred my soul. It didn't right. feel like it was something that I was contributing to the greater good other than making sure that folks had parts. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm not going to do it again. And I left and I said, I don't care what I do. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to be in corporate America again, unless the good Lord tells me to. But right. other than that, I'm not, mm-hmm. not going to do it. And so um, I went and um, I said, hey, what do you want to do, Shanice? I'm going to move back home. I was living in Atlanta at a time. Um, Life change happens. I got a divorce um, and I had a 14-year-old child. And I said, what am I going to do? I moved home and I started working as a a dental manager. Um, A friend of mine gave me a a, a job as a dental manager. And that's when I truly started delving into entrepreneurship. I did small things at one time. I started selling books and making little chocolates. And then I said, you know what? This is going well. I opened up a small shop Mm -hmm. and and had that from Friday to Sunday, you know, those kind of things. Then I said, let's go a little deeper. And then I cut down hours and did all kinds of stuff. And finally, I had a full-blown dessert shop or actually chocolate shop with um, a bookstore. And that is when I was like, I am in love. Mm -hmm. I get to read books, tell people about books bring people with the books, mm-hmm. um, make my candies, make people happen. And it was, it was like a bar. So I sat down and I talked to people at the bar who had troubles, who were drinking my coffee and wanting to, you know, drown their troubles with some endorphins of the chocolate mm-hmm. and reading a book. And I was like, I'm in heaven and this is where I want to do. So mm-hmm. I fell in love with entrepreneurship and I've never looked back. And that was in full-time entrepreneurship I did in 2008. And so since then, I haven't looked back. I did have to go to the workforce once Mm -hmm. again. Um, I went and and did politics and I worked as a lobbyist or grassroots lobbyist and then became a policy director for here in South Carolina. But then that entrepreneurship bug was Mm -hmm. in me and I was like, I got to go back. I can't do it. I got to go back. Mm -hmm. So I went back. And so I'm still there. Great. Well, see, this is why we're getting along because I was a lobbyist for a little bit in Denver for a couple of, of years, actually. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's kind of like knowing how sausage is made. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. It's, it's actually a very interesting process. Exactly. And, but, you know, it's it's also something that you can work really, 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 really hard at and one mm-hmm. person can start. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, and, and, you know, and, and to me, that was what was frustrating. It was, exactly. It was very interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, to, to know how laws are made, and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all of those various things. But, yeah, it really, like you said, it doesn't stir your soul. Now, there are some people it does. I mean, they mm-hmm. love that. And, mm-hmm. you know, politics aside, it is something that it really is very interesting. Um, it is. You know, and, and but but it's also very challenging. And. You know, it's, it's, so I'm like you, I, I was glad to have done it, but you know, been there, done that. Okay. That's bad. That's done. <laughs> exactly. And, and even while I was doing it, mm-hmm. I still was baking. 
I still had my bakery where I had, I led two lives. I was in the daytime. I was sitting there. I was the policy director. I was helping shape laws. And the part that I loved the most was the advocacy portion of it. But then at night or during the day, I had a full blown bakery across the bridge that nobody knew was me. So my entrepreneur world thought I was a baker. Right. And then my political world thought I was a policy director. Mm-hmm. So people had no clue I was leading a double life. And I was almost, almost like uh, turning my back on myself. Mm-hmm. So I love the advocacy part. But then in my brain, I'm thinking, how can I come up with this new recipe? Right. So, <laughs> so I had to go with what I loved. Yeah. yeah. And, and of course, the cool thing about advocacy is there's so many other ways where you can do that. Um, yes. you know, and, and you can be involved in nonprofits, all those various things. And so that, you know, that makes it nice that you can continue that if you want. Exactly, exactly. And then uh, and I do have an advocacy component to my, my business where every year I donate not only to a nonprofit, but mm-hmm. some way where a nonprofit can either fundraise or make money mm-hmm. or um, especially during breast cancer. I do, you know, like the save the Tata kind of thing. Uh-huh. I make these cool little lollipops that are breast that are pink. And they're- <laughs> OK, so- this, see, this is really why we're getting along, because. I don't have my tatas. <laughs> they live in a box now. Yes. Um, you know, and, 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 because I've been through that. And right. So you know, and and so I love this because you know it's it is it's a very serious subject, and you know it is. There's there's lots of things that that still need to 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 go, but you know what? We can still have fun with it. Exactly. And, and I tell people, you know. If I can't have fun with the fact that I am a cancer survivor, then what? I mean, you know. <laughs> exactly. And, well, and when I go visit my doctor, they're just like, oh, hi. You know, and, <laughs> and, 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 you know, when I go in for treatments, I have to go help everybody else and, you know, all these ways. And so, see, <clears throat> Shanice, we are just, we are. Mothers, there we go. We are sisters from another mother. I, That's I right. <laughs> I see it. I see it. I know, I know. Well, but, you know. What this really shows to me is something that I think is so very important for small business owners and entrepreneurs. We sometimes get focused on, oh, my gosh, I have to sell my widget. I have Mm -hmm. to sell this service. I have to do this. That we really forget that we need to follow the passions of our life also Mm -hmm. in order to make our life have meaning is maybe the, the easiest way to put that. Whether it's, you know, your your faith is very, very strong for you and, and obviously mm-hmm. the driver of everything. Exactly. And, you know, and your family and your advocacy and all of these things. And, you know, we, we joked at the start of the program that you, you know, you are very, very busy and, you know, you're the queen of multitasking. It's difficult. I mean, you know, that's what is very hard. And especially for entrepreneurs is to to figure out when do I need to have my business hat on when you know when do i need my mom hat oh my mm-hmm. gosh you're a grandmother and you know it was just <laughs> christmas so that must have been just absolutely delightful um, exactly you know, things. so when an entrepreneur comes and sits down at your dessert bar and folks it's called my dessert bar and it is in south carolina and so anybody go visit go visit i can't wait to go visit it's gonna be a really good <laughs> time so you know if an entrepreneur sits down with you and says janice i am overwhelmed Mm -hmm. What do you tell them? 
Well, first, um, I, I make them understand that you cannot compartmentalize your business. Right. There are many things that you can do, but when you're an entrepreneur and you're truly living out the way that you need to live it out, everything is intertwined and, incorpor- and, and incorporated into one. Uh-huh. So I do not like the concept of work-life balance. I can't stand it because right. balance means that one thing gets equal attention than the other or that you must have a scale and it's balancing out. Mm-hmm. Right. I love what the concept. Right. Exactly. Then you do this. Mm -hmm. That's not how life is. It's called work-life harmony for me, which means that sometimes there's some ups and downs, but everything works together Mm -hmm. in order to make it nice and easy in a monotonous tune. So that's the way that I like to go. So with Christmas time and the things that we do, I may shut off my business for Christmas, like Christmas Day or Christmas Mm -hmm. Eve, Mm -hmm. because it's time for family. But best you do know that I'm thinking about it, or I might have written a blog earlier Mm -hmm. that day, or any of the aspects that I have going on within my life, I'm writing it. So I get them to understand to incorporate your business in your life instead of incorporating your life in your business. Mm -hmm. So if in with the multitasking, yes, there are some times where you overcommit. And you do too much, right. but use a schedule and look it out. Like I'm, I may be taking my, my, my mother or my godmother or someone to the doctor, but while they're doing that and I'm looking at where's the downtime and something that I'm doing, then I may be writing a couple of emails while I'm in there in or order to get things done interview. or doing a radio interview, you know, <laughs> while it's in there. And sometimes they overlap, but the most important part is to make sure that you have time to recharge yourself the best way that you recharge. Mm -hmm. And my recharging is in the morning. And as you mentioned, my faith is, you know, it's very important to me. So while I don't have a lot of time per se, I make time to do the things that help me recharge that then gives me the energy. So that means like sleep. It does not make sense to stay up all time of night doing things when your work is going to be slack and you're not going to be excellent because you're tired. Mm -hmm. Just go to sleep. Go to sleep. Wake up fresh and do Mm -hmm. it early in the morning. Mm -hmm. You have to think ahead. You know, it's like, okay, what do I have going on in the next two weeks? And where can I carve out time to do X, Y, Z? You can't do things at the moment all the time, Mm -hmm. but you do need to make sure that you are properly planning your self-care, properly planning when you're going to be able to, you know, take an hour to do do emails or meet clients. Um, I have a lot. I have uh, intergenerational children, which means that I have a 28-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 4-year-old. Holy smoly. Yes. And so then I have also a six-year-old granddaughter. Mm -hmm. So in doing that, each one of them needs individual time. Right Right before I got on the phone with you, I was talking to my Mm 28-year-old. So my 20-year-old, I talked to her on FaceTime last night, Mm -hmm. you know, because she's in college. Um, The 4-year-old... I do most of my business while he's at school. He goes to school from 8.30 to 2.30. So I know I need to schedule anything that needs to be uninterrupted during those times. Mm -hmm. Because when he picks him up at 2.30, he wants my attention. Mm -hmm. And I need to be the type of parent to give him my attention. Mm -hmm. But if I'm always on my phone or if I'm always doing something else in those first few hours while while he needs me to, to see me, then what kind of parent am I? Mm-hmm. And the most important thing to me is him and my family. Right. So as long as I am giving them that attention and doing the things and communicating with them when I do have to go to business modes, like, 
okay, which goes into my, my book, Please Wait, Mommy's Working. Mm-hmm. That came out because I would tell him, baby, I will talk to you later, but please wait. Mommy's working. Right. Um, you know, I have to communicate with them certain times so that we can all do things within a timely fashion and do things together and try mm-hmm. to keep it in harmony. Right. Well, and the hardest thing I think so many times is that word guilt. Yes. You feel guilty that you didn't respond to that email right away. You feel guilty that your son, you know, needed you needed to talk to you. You know, you feel guilty that you didn't come up with a new cupcake recipe. Yes. All these various things. And 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 I think it is much worse with women. Yes. Because we are caregivers. We you know, we want to please the world. And to me, one of the absolute hardest things to say is no. Yes. You know, somebody comes to me and says, hey, Deb, could you do? It's really hard for me to say no. Now, mm-hmm. That said, getting sick, change that. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and I was very, very ill. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I had multiple complications and spent a long time in the hospital. Mm. And so you definitely learn to have different priorities. Right. You know, I've, the, the people that are the negative people, and they're gone for my life. I mean, you yes. know, I might still have to associate with them for some reason, mm-hmm. but I make it as limited as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm on Facebook and people are doing them, I hide them. I close Facebook. I, you know, I, I just don't read that. Mm-hmm. I don't really listen to the news. Um, you know, well, yes, there are important things that you need to keep up on, but right. You know, for the most part, I really don't need to know an awful lot of that. And but it's also made me really, you know, think about, you know, as I said, what are the priorities? You know, right. yes, I want to have a job. I want to do all that. But family. Uh, hello. Exactly. You know, yeah. You know, and my friends. Um, you right. Know, and that's been, <coughs> excuse me, one of the interesting things is I've lost friends because mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. And you know, for whatever reason, you know, and, and some people that they just they could not deal with it. OK, mm-hmm. that's fine. You know, and, and it hurts your feelings. Sure. You know, when people who you thought were good friends couldn't even say, how are you? Are you mm-hmm. doing OK? Mm-hmm. It, it really. But, you know, it's all. And But I also knew that it was they just couldn't deal with it. You know, they, exactly. They absolutely. Could not. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But then there were also people who I never expected to hear from who sent me gifts, who called, who didn't, you know, people, there were, there was one person who I literally had not seen since probably right around when we graduated from high school. And that was um, a while ago. <laughs> she sent me, yeah, I know, like 10 years. We'll go with 10 years. And just, yeah, you know, I like 10. Yeah, I like yeah. 10. Um, and. Um, you know, and, and, but we were, we were on contact on Facebook and I do have a private group where I deal with all of the, the cancer related stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and, and so she was part of that, but I really, you know, and, and we weren't close friends when we were in high school, even though there were 32 of us in my high school, um, oh. in my, in my graduating class, um, <laughs> you know, but she had a prayer shawl made just for me. Oh, wow. And I opened that box and it was just like. The coolest thing in the world. And so it's hanging in a place of honor because wow. I, don't, you know, I don't want it to be where the cats are or anything like that. Right. Another person who I didn't even know knew that I really existed sent me a handmade stuffed teddy bear that her church choir had prayed over. 
Oh, wow. And I mean, it's just, you know, and, and but, you know, I really digressed on this little tangent. It, it is about finding what your priorities are. Right. And still being able to do business. I mean, that's the right. tricky part is, you know, this is fun and we love all of this, but <clears throat> there are bills <laughs> that have to be paid. Right. And our work is also our passion, you know, and, and yes. that's the important thing is to, to find that. Is it going to be a passion every day? No. You know, right. when I have to pay bills, when I have to invoice, when I have to do books. Right. Um, exactly. But, you know, for the most part, it really should be something that you enjoy doing or you need to rethink things. Exactly. And understanding that your purpose and your passion will change from time to time. Right. Um, so, like, I, like, again, when I was saying that I thought that I was going to be a heart surgeon and then I went into baking and I'm even in more of a transitional now because my business model changed for my bakery. While I loved retail and I do want to still own a manufacturing company one day, mm -hmm. my dessert bar has now transitioned into something that fits my lifestyle. I am a dessert caterer, which means that I just do dessert. Desserts. I no longer do retail where I have a storefront that people come and buy a slice of cake. Not only was that business model hard for my pop for my pocket, that business model was hard for my life. At the right. time when I reopened my store after closing it um, due to the downturn of, of of the economy in 2008 or so, mm -hmm. um, when I reopened my dessert bar, I had a little young baby. And um, I was a mom again after 30, I was 39 years old, having a kid again, you know, uh, sitting here like, what am I going to do and what am I going to do differently? I did not necessarily want to continue to work and, and work in the bakery and do those different things. So catering turned out to be wonderful to fill a niche. So it fulfilled my niche of love for baking, but it fulfilled a niche where caterers don't like doing desserts. So oh, yeah. I connected with other caterers. I connected okay. with event people so that I can change my model. And when I told people about it, they looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, well, what do you mean? You're a bakery. You're supposed to have cakes. Mm -hmm. I do have cakes when you order 10. Right. I'm just not going to do mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And it's not even wholesale. It is retail. Mm -hmm. So I changed it to fit my lifestyle because the most important thing to me wasn't the money. It was the service. Right. And my family. Mm -hmm. And so in doing that, while, yes, it has been um, kind of, I don't even say a struggle. It has been hard for me to wrap my, round, my mind around the support mm -hmm. and looking for the outward validation from others. Mm -hmm. I then had to go within and say, is this what I'm supposed to be doing right now? Mm -hmm. Am I making the best decision based on the information that I have in front of me? Have I, am I haphazardly doing something? Am I discerning the right thing? And if I'm doing it, fine. And then last but not least, what did my husband say? If my husband said it was okay with me, then mm -hmm. that's fine. Mm -hmm. And so in doing that, it was, it, it turned into, I'm going into full-time business. I'm going to stay home with my child. I'm going to start writing. And hearing those folks who say, well, maybe you should go get a real job. You know, maybe you should go get, go do this. And now it's like, did you tell somebody who owned a McDonald's to go do that? Did right. you tell someone who um, bought this franchise to go do that? Just because my model or what I'm doing doesn't look like what you think I'm doing does not mean that it's wrong. It right. just means it's different. And if you can't handle it and if you can't be supportive, then leave right. or don't say it. I don't mind you being 
careful, but I can tell when it's coming from a place of, of, I want to be concerned from you or Mm -hmm. coming from a place of condemnation. And if you're, if you're coming from a place of condemnation, I don't want that around me, but Mm -hmm. I have no problem with criticism. I have no problem with you telling me, did you look at this? Mm Because this might work. I even have no problem with failure. If I know I'm learning from the failure, Mm -hmm. just don't condemn me Mm -hmm. before it even starts. You know, and, you know how, how many of us have heard that? Oh, you work from home. Yes. And and, you know, and and it, it's the tone because yes. if somebody says, oh, you work from home. Right. <laughs> that's very different. Exactly. I felt that way when I started writing my books. Mm-hmm. So I did not even know I, I've always loved to write and I've mm-hmm. journaled and did those turn of things. But I was sitting down and, and we've talked about the fact that I, I do love I love my, my faith. I'm a, I'm a Jesus girl. I'm a Jesus freak. And so I was sitting there and I was one night and I was like, Lord, I just I feel like there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. I keep trying to write these books that you're telling me the titles to, but it's not coming out. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, OK, go ahead and write. So I I started writing and writing and I was like, oh, this is a children's book. Why why am I writing Uh children's books? Uh And then it was directly related to my life. I wrote the book in four hours and then I had it edited. And then I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. How am I going to illustrate this? Mm -hmm. And I started checking with illustrators and I even went to Fiverr and had people look at that and Mm -hmm. checked out folks. It's like $5,000. I was like, yeah, okay. Uh Yeah, not doing that. But, um, lo and behold, I illustrated it myself, graphics, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then started learning how to do it myself and looking on different ways and how to do it. So each one of my children's books, I illustrated mm-hmm. and then it became part of my life. And I said, okay, so how am I going to get this out to the masses? Is this mm-hmm. what you want me to do? Is this, are you transitioning me yet again? Mm-hmm. And it was, there is a segment of the population that needs to know they're not alone. To needs to know it's okay to have kids at home and a business that needs to know that this all right to be a blended family and be happy, mm-hmm. and, you know, which is the second book, which is, um, uh, please wait, not please, not, which is, I'm sorry, uh, meet Lewis's, Lewis's new big family. family. That's mm-hmm. it. And meet Lewis's big family talks about my big, my big, beautiful blended family. Mm-hmm. My two children, um, my two middle children are inherited. I, I got them when I met, when I married my husband, mm-hmm. but they are no less my children right. than if I gave birth to them. Mm-hmm. And so in that, I needed folks to know that the Disney ex- explanation of what happens as step families doesn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. So, all these different things that are coming out are becoming very meaningful and purposeful. And then another business model. Mm-hmm. So selling books, I'm writing, I'm getting a story out. I'm showing people what happened, but I'm also making money because you have to buy a book and I'm making a price. So it all turns out to be another form of entrepreneurship, another form of business. But I had to open my mind to not listen to naysayers and say it was okay to have another avenue. You don't have to go one way. It's fine for many people to know one way. It's fine somebody to know I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to stay a doctor. I'm going to be a nurse and I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to own this business. I'm going to own that business. But for me, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I like to start and stop projects. That is my mindset. I have my bread and butter type of stuff. But then I love helping other people. What is your passion? What do you want to do? So why can't I consult and, and charge somebody for my intellectual property and for my entrepreneur and for my expertise? Mm-hmm. I know how to do it. So right. it was all about being confident in me. 
And then not listening to those naysayers try to deter me from my confidence level. Right. Well, and of course, often the the biggest naysayer is yourself. Yes. You know, you're thinking, but I I have to do X. I can't do that. And you know, and that I think is is what is very hard for entrepreneurs. Is you know, they've got the nine to five job. They're thinking, but this uh, this is not what I want to do. I really want to be doing X. Or, mm-hmm. you know, or they're doing that and they're still not making ends meet. So they have to add on a second job, you know, all these various things. Right. And so you kind of develop this strategy of five different things that get you from having that part time fill in, you know, type of, yes. of job that, you know, or or I love it. When I first started my business, I had people that said, well, that's your hobby. I said, well, it's fun and I enjoy it, but it's not my hobby. Right. Um, you know, and, and but that is a lot of times how people, especially women, mm-hmm. start a second business. You right. Know, hello, there's a reason why Etsy is so big. Exactly. You know, and, and, you know, all these various things. So let's kind of walk through the steps and strategies that you have from going from that part time, maybe kind of sort of to, oh, my gosh, this can be what I'm doing full time. Well, when I looked around and I started seeing what um, what I did or what other, um, especially I love working with women um, because we have been underserved for so long. So it's like, okay, come here, my sister. Let me share some information with you. Um, I find that there are five things that we could do in order to go from part time to full time or even if you want to stay part time, but make your part time more lucrative. The first one was the double life, which is what Mm -hmm. I led for a long time. Mm -hmm. The double life can be very stressful because you are leading two double lives. But I had a full time job and a full time Mm -hmm. business. Mm -hmm. And in that, that takes a lot of um, of uh, planning, a lot Mm -hmm. of scheduling, a lot of, you know, just all sorts of things. A lot of people on board and you will be your most tired. But it worked for what it needed to work into until I was able to decide and know it was my time to make a break. So that's the first thing is to go ahead and lead that double life. Mm -hmm. The second one I call a three year plan where this is usually a gun shy kind of person where Mm -hmm. they know they want to do it, but they really need time where you look at your finances, you look at what you have, you look at what you're doing and you plan for three years that I will be done. Mm-hmm. In three years, I will be this full-time person, but I'm going to do stage one is, is ramp up. Stage mm-hmm. two is I'm, I'm ready to go out there. Stage three is I'm making some money. And then finally, at the end of the three years, then I'm full-time. But you've built yourself up to a crescendo to get to the top of that mountain. Mm-hmm. And then you're finally there as a full-time business owner. The third one is to just bootstrap everything. Mm-hmm. Just, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and just... I'm, I'm just going to just make it happen. I'm quitting my job. I'm going to hire this person. I'm going to do this person. And I'm just going to bootstrap it. If I got to do it myself, I will. But I'm going all the way in. Mm-hmm. And that makes sure when you do something like that, it does require you to have a lot more sacrifice than the other ones. Because mm-hmm. um, we live in a Western world where money makes the world go round. Right. And if you have not saved up and if you have not done anything, but you truly feel driven and led, and, and led by what you're doing, then go about what you need to go. Don't let fear stop you. The fourth one is to borrow it. Borrow it from your friends and family. Borrow it from um, the bank. Borrow it from other, other sources. Borrowing is... Um, 
it's a way that the SBA and places tell you to go try friends and family first. But to me, it was for, for me personally, it, it didn't work as well because I needed to find someone who truly wanted to invest in my dream more okay. so than borrowing in my dream and investing in my dream would be more of a sponsorship and you're understanding and we're working to the same goal more mm-hmm. so than borrowing where you're like, I'll give it to you just because I, I like you, but it doesn't necessarily mean I was all about the principle. Call it a fault, but that's what I was about. (laughs) And then the fifth one is multiple streams of of revenue. In this day and age, we used to, like back in the day, you only saw Amway or you saw Mary Kay or you Mm -hmm. saw saw Yvonne. Nowadays, especially with women, there's so many multi-level platforms that you can do that Mm -hmm. you can be known for just having those avenues. So Mm -hmm. what if you were a Mary Kay cosmetic person as well as a paparazzi person as well as an It Works person and you had them all in one business, but each one of those businesses were bringing in different streams of income for you? There's totally nothing wrong with that because you're still a full-time entrepreneur and you own a piece of each one of those network marketing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're just putting all your eggs in one basket. You have basically put them together and made your own little boutique, which is fine. I'm a, I'm also a multi-streamer. So while mm-hmm. my bread and butter is my business of making sure that my dessert bar is up and going, mm-hmm. I still have my marriage consulting firm that I do with my husband, which mm-hmm. we do enrichment and we bring in tools and trades. I still write my books where I go out and I do book signings and, and it comes from my life. I still do things such as my blog where mm-hmm. I'm reading these articles and I'm putting out day-to-day life and I'm sharing all the stuff, which many of them are probably going to turn into books. Or I'm writing for another platform or a freelance article or something like that. But all of them are the gifts that I have within me that God has already put in me that I use. I mean, when I was praying and asking what do I do and what strategy was best, I kept hearing the Lord tell me, you have everything within you. I've already put it in you. Use every experience that you've already had and then go ahead and work out that passion. Mm-hmm. And go ahead and do it. And when you do it, do it in excellence and do it in my name and you're done. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. It took me a little while to kind of figure out what, what he meant mm-hmm. because I've been told so long, you get this job, you stay on this job, you do that job, you retire from this job. Right. You make right. that money, you borrow mm-hmm. this, you do it and go. So it thinking unorthodox and having that unorthodox faith was mm-hmm. so difficult for me to grab onto, but once I did, I hit the ground running and I never stopped. Right. And it is so true of our generation um, where, you know, the baby boomers, you know, the, the, what's the group that Gen X, Gen X, I'm, I'm a Gen X. Um, I'm I'm a baby boomer, um, you know, and and in fact, there are people that will say I'm not a baby boomer, but I'm like, no, I'm a baby boomer. We were taught that you, you go to college Mm-hmm. You, you know, now my generation definitely in in many cases was you get married and you have 2.5 kids. Yes. And I always wondered, you know, what the heck, how's that 0.5 <laughs> kid work? Um, but, you know, and, and, and you live in, in suburban, you know, all, right. all these various things. You maybe went to college, but there were not a ton of choices. Right. Um, you know, and, and all these various things. But you, you had a career and it lasted forever. My husband started work for a company right out of college and he still works for them. He has been there over 30 years. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and he really, you know, will look at me on occasion like, okay, 
what is it that you do again? I mean, right. Because it is foreign to him. Right. Bless him, though. He supports <laughs> me. He, you know, he might raise his eyebrows and <laughs> who knows what he's telling his friends. Mine too. <laughs> but, yeah, but um, but it is tricky. And but one of the things that I love about having you know being our own boss and mm-hmm. especially having multiple streams of revenue, things like that, is you can change it. Yes. You know, say you want to go on a big trip to Disney World, so mm-hmm. you need some more money. Mm-hmm. So you work some more, you know, you, you have an extra Amway party, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know, all those various things. Or you're, you are in Disney World, so you, you ramp down. You, mm-hmm. know, you can tell people, I'm sorry, I can't do catering that week. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the, the nice thing is if you say, here's who you should talk to, mm-hmm. because you don't want them to just get miffed and never call you again. Exactly. But, you know, to, to, so, so that's where it's good to have kind of a network. Of people that you can say, you know, I would absolutely love to be able to help you do whatever that is. I just can't right now, but here's who can. Uh, um, sometimes yes. you might lose those clients because they might just be absolutely thrilled with those people. But you know what? That's the way it was supposed to happen. And I, I, I totally agree. I mean, again, sister from another mister. I <laughs> believe that because I do that all the time. There are, I have, um, in my catering business, I have a lot of people who I had to stay in my own lane. While I love doing wedding cakes, I'm just don't want to because it's a lot of stress. Oh, now yeah. I will, I will we, do, we a, yeah, mm-hmm. I will do a wedding cake for you that is um, maybe more rustic, but when it comes to fondant and those things, I don't oh, work. Mm-hmm. So I have tasted and gone to certain bakers that I know I will refer to. There's another baker that she makes pies, but she doesn't like to. But she knows I love making pies and cobblers. So what she will do is refer those people to me. I can make the little cakes but why, or, or the little cookies, but why should I? So every time we've referred people, it, does, it, it turns back around and people come back to us. So it's not something that we have not um, experienced before. Even when it comes to um, the books or the marriage counseling or anything, let's say, hey, I got a, 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 a we are coaches. Um, we go with Christian counseling, but I think that there's a little deeper of an issue that you might need to handle. Let me show you this behavioral therapist who may be better for you. And then you can come back to us when you need more enrichment. Or you can come back to us when you need that. Um, When it comes to even writing my books, I'm a conversational writer. I write about my life. I may put something like a hey girl in there every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But in that case, you know, maybe I'm not good for your blog, but I may be good for someone else's blog or your article. Um, I do understand technical writing. I can write technical. I actually had to break myself out of that (laughs) because writing the laws and bills, I had to break myself myself and become more of my personality mm-hmm. into my writing but you know knowing where you are and knowing who you are and being authentic in where you are truly truly helps when it's time to run your business and right. being okay and understanding that as my friend um, Rashonda says FOMO well mm-hmm. is a uh, fear of missing out I'm not missing out I'm in my lane Okay, fine. I would love to, uh, you know, like I said, Christmas just happened. Um, things are happening. I would love to do your Christmas party, but I can't because I already promised the kids that we're going ice skating. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit more important right now. Not that I don't want your money, but I know that this person has their calendar open. Let me refer you over here to Jessica, who cooks just as well as I do. And quite frankly, she makes a better cronut than I do. You probably would like her better. Go ahead and go over there and do that. Mm-hmm. I do that 
all the mm -hmm. time. In order to build relationship, let folks know. Um, I just referred a wedding cake out not that long ago. Um, not that I couldn't because she actually wanted everything that I, I could do. Mm -hmm. But she was located in a place called Sumter, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Sumter is around 30 minutes from us. So that means mm -hmm. I would have to travel. But I know a baker in Sumter mm -hmm. who is delicious, who makes beautiful cakes. So mm -hmm. I said, and we had this long conversation. I was like, I know you like me and I know it's wonderful. But let me refer you to Sandra because Sandra is in your town and she's local. And she right. will give you a cake that's delicious and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I trust her. And mm -hmm. she said, I'm going to use you again. And I thank you for being honest with me. Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of things. And so when you're in business, sometimes, yes, you can do old fashioned business plans and marketing strategies. And you, I'm not saying don't do it. But if you go with that good old fashioned, just down home intuition and the way that you and the golden rule to treat people like you want to be treated, it'll come. Business mm -hmm. will be OK. And it's right. OK to be different. Mm -hmm. Well, and, you know. It is it, what goes around comes around, you know, yes. I've, and, and, you know, I started my business ooh, 20 years ago and, it, oh, that's funny. I started before I graduated from high school. If I only graduated 10 years ago, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, you were just this, that this smart. Where we get caught in stuff. It's like, oh dear, can't, can't fudge about those days. That's because you were um, so smart. <laughs> that was it. That was it. You know, and, and so, you know, well, I mean, when you have a 28 year old, I mean, clearly you started very young because, you know, that, yeah, I look at your pictures like, no, -uh, no, you are not grandmother. No. I know. Um, how crazy is that? My, my grandchild is older than my, my birth child. So, <laughs> well, and, you know, and that's, that's the way of life anymore, you know, and, and, and I think that is, that is very different from, you know, what we saw when we were growing up and, and. You know, and, and it really, that just is how it is. Right. right. And people adapt. The eyebrows don't go up anymore. <laughs> you know, you don't hear this. You know, and, and um, you know, unless it's maybe like from your grandmother. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, I know. I know. I find but, that, you know, when we try to put people in so many different boxes, like you were saying that you're a baby boomer and mm -hmm. we do or, or the end of the baby boomer. Um, and you know how culturally things are. I am a Gen Xer, but I have a millennial heart. So right. when I do a lot of things, my, my many traditions and stuff that I see are very Gen X. The way that I want to, you know, help and be in business are very Gen X. Mm -hmm. But I'm very millennial in the fact of I feel that you should go where your passion lies. I mm -hmm. feel that I might want to raise my child in the city in a high rise where mm -hmm. I could take him to the park and not necessarily in suburbia. I, right. I, I like brunch. And, you know, Gen X, um, millennials love brunch. <laughs> so, you know? so even in business, um, knowing where you fit in and how it that structure really works in business really, really takes a, you know, takes a, a toll or not even a toll because toll would seem bad. It really influences how you do business. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and we've talked about that many times on my programs is finding what fits for you right you know and 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 it is hard um you know and and it's funny when you were talking you know about your your strategies to get you from part-time to full-time when you talked about you know sometimes you just have to kind of make that leap mm -hmm. i did that you mm -hmm. know I, I mentioned at the start that um you know i was i spent several years as a lobbyist and, right and i actually really did like it more importantly i love the people that i worked with and, right you know and, and our clients were fabulous 
you know, all these various things. You know, you hear all these horrible, awful, nasty, ick stories about <coughs> stuff like this. But right. it really was great. But I, you know, it was, I was like, it was like, there's something more. There, There is something more that I am missing out. So I started my company, Wise Women Communications. Right. But did it in the evenings and then the weekends. And, you know, just kind of all these various things. And I met with a business coach. Uh-huh. And she, you know, I was telling her, you know, it's not taking off like it should. I, I don't know what to do, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and she basically told me that because I was just treating it like it was a hobby. Right. It would never be a business. Right. And, you know, and, and, and she said, you have got to make that leap. You know, and, and I said, well, you know, I'm out there on the end of that diving board. And I'm just hanging on with, you know, all I could. Okay. And, and it wasn't until I went in and told people that I absolutely loved that I was quitting mm-hmm. that. I had to make the business work. You know, mm-hmm. it has its ups, it has, yeah, you know, all those various things, especially as an entrepreneur. We mm-hmm. all see those things. But when I was still doing it kind of that part-time, that, well, I'm getting my bills paid somewhere else, mm-hmm. you know, some other way type of thing, it really was just a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and when I did have to make it work, I made it work. Mm-hmm. You know, I could have just as easily said, you know what, no, this, this isn't what I want to do. I'm going to go back to being a full-time corporate person. But, mm-hmm. You know, you had to explore that. And I think, and scary. Oh, my gosh. Scary, 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 yes, scary. Yes, yes. Uh, I think uh, in making the leap or when you're truly ready to go, um, having your mind made up that this is what you want to do is the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I went on a reality show a couple of years ago called West Texas Investors Club. It was on CNBC and mm-hmm. it was basically a country western um, um a country western shark tank where okay. you had to go and pitch your business. Uh-huh. The business that I pitched was what I wanted my end all to be all because mm-hmm. I think one thing in business that uh, many folks don't look at is what is your end? What's your succession plan? Um, are you a mom and pop where you're going to, <coughs> excuse me, where you're going to transition this to your children mm-hmm. or as a, you know, are you going to do that or are you looking to sell? Are you looking to, you know, what are you truly looking to do with your business? And I wanted to transition my business into a manufacturing company from mm-hmm. a retail company and, and sell pie fillings. I saw where there's a niche to do. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so in doing that, I went and pitched it. And of course, they have to know your life. I did great. They loved me. They loved the food. They thought it was wonderful, but they decided not to invest. And their biggest reason for not investing in me was they said that I was doing too much. They said I was multitasking Mm -hmm. and not focusing on just that business. And if they invested, they were not sure if they were going to get a return on their investment. And Ah. I said, is that not funny? So Mm -hmm. then um, I listened. And because you don't know who the other contestants are, um, uh, I did not know that they invested in another young lady uh, previous to me uh, Mm -hmm. who who was there. And they gave her $20,000. And from that $20,000, she didn't have a business plan. She did not know exactly how she wanted to do, but they offered to develop her to do it because this is what she wanted to do. So I had to, you know, I put my big girl panties on and did some introspection. Let's see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Am I doing too many things? I'm like, no, because I've been doing it for a while. If I was a man, because then my sexist hat came on, my feminist hat. If I was a man, would you be telling me that I was doing too much? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, not, because you didn't say that to any other other men who were doing something different. You Mm -hmm. told that to me. 
Um, is it something that they could not grasp? I was a food person. They were not food people at the time. I was one of the first people. So I said, maybe it was. So, But I had to take a look at me and, and say, am I treating this like a hobby? Am I doing something different? And I decided that I wasn't necessarily treating it as a hobby, but I wasn't going full gung-ho because I was leading that double life. Right. And so... I said, okay, I had to stop my double life. And it was, it was hard of a decision um, because all those other um, aspects of your brain come in, but I never treated it like a hobby again. It was more so of, I am who I am and this is, and whether you like it or not, this is what I'm going to do. And, and I'm at that transition point again. Um, Now, all these years later, I am transitioning into becoming a writer. And and it was hard for me to say that I'm a writer. I was like, I have three published books. I have one anthology that I'm a part of. I'm currently writing another book. And I've been featured in a regional publication. I have a blog who has, um, I'm also contributing on a platform that has 100,000 people who read it every month. I think I'm a writer. So why do I have a hard time telling people, well, what do you do for a living? I'm a writer. And mm-hmm. if my voice goes up, how are they going to be confident right. that my mm-hmm. voice goes up? And if I've gotten paid professionally for it, then I'm a professional writer. So mm-hmm. I might need to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it goes into understanding that things pivot and things mm-hmm. change. It doesn't right. mean that I'm putting stuff down and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I'm changing a strategy. It just means that I've changed. Right. I've grown into something different and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's totally okay. Right. And that's definitely the case with mompreneurs. Now I'm not a mom. I have dogs and cats, but you know, they, they don't count. In <laughs> you're a fur mom. I know I got my little fur baby. <laughs> um, but as your kids age, you definitely transition into different parts of your life. Yes. Um, you know, because you're not the PTA mom anymore. You know, right. You've got more free time, so to speak. You know, all these various things. And I think that's one of the things that scares a lot of women so much is what do they do when their kids get older? Yes. Um, you know, or, or, you know, and then, of course, you've got the, the other end of the spectrum, the, the what do we do when we retire type of thing. And, you know, and, but that's the, the cool thing is there's so many things that you can do. Right. You know, and, and, and it always, I cringe when somebody tells me, I'm just, uh, whatever. You know, oh my God. They yes. Say, I'm just a mom. I'm like, Oh no, no, no. Uh-uh. <clears throat> Much more. You, know, you, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and I find that a lot of times I work with people who um, are in the, in uh, they're in the job market and I work a lot with them on how to set up LinkedIn profiles and, right. and things like that. And they will say, but I'm, I've, you know, I'm going back into the job market because I've just been a mom. Right. Like, okay. No, you know, you manage the household budget. Mm-hmm. You, know, you you might have been the head of the PTA or the chair of a fundraising event. You know, there are so many business things mm-hmm. that are part of being just a mom that, you know, so many people don't even get. And, you know, those skills transition into the workplace in many cases better than our book learning skills. Exactly. You know, it's that experience that, that helps you to be able to pivot on a, on a dime. And mm-hmm. I like to tell, especially moms, I like to tell them, Moms are not a job. So when you say I'm just a mom, you are equating your motherhood to a job. It's not. Motherhood is a calling. It's something Mm -hmm. that people have. It's something that goes on. 
And when you're describing yourself, stop describing yourself by the activities that you're doing. Describe yourself by the, the characteristics of who you are. You, who are you? I'm loyal. I'm on time. I'm, I'm conscientious. I'm those type of people. Those are, that's who you are. So take those skills that you have, those soft skills, those hard skills, and turn it into a business. Turn it into a profession. Turn it into who you are. While, yes, looking into the business world, it is very difficult for others to put down things such as, hey, I've been a stay-at-home mom for 18 years. Mm -hmm. Fine. Now put under there what you know you've gained from doing it. Right. Put an explanation on there of I was able to manage X, Y, Z. Put those things on there as you're going in there. But mm -hmm. I also caution, especially new moms that I see, I caution them and I let them know as you're staying at home, keep your skills up for right. markability so that you can do whatever you want to do. You should never throw yourself into one thing, never throw yourself into one type of thing. So putting your all in your children does not mean you lose yourself. And even in business, do not lose yourself. Don't lose yourself in your business where all you have is your business. Right. Don't lose yourself into anything, but that's all you have. Remain true to you. Mm -hmm. So that you can be able to be whatever God wants you to be. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, because situations change. Exactly. You know, you, you might lose your job. You know, you might get a divorce. You know, all these various things. And if that was your existence, mm -hmm. then you're lost. You know, exactly. and, and unfortunately, we see that all the time where, you know, somebody is like, oh, my gosh, you know, now I don't know what to do. Exactly. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, sometimes it's tragedy. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and but, you know, they're all even, even if it's a tragedy, it is all an opportunity. Yes. You know, and, and is it hard? Sure. You know, and, and that's where having faith, having a great support system, all these various things definitely comes in. Um, right. You know, and 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 it's and, and back to, you know, the fact that I think women are different in this. Mm -hmm. We do have our support systems. Yes. Um, you know, men are there. Oh, I have to do it alone. I have to be, you know, <laughs> stoic and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, women are like, okay, well, you know, girlfriends, what what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what's and, next? You know, yeah. let me let me go and mm -hmm. and let me do something different. Let me mm -hmm. let me figure it out. Let me let me go to to see what happens. Like my like you were talking about your husband. My husband is the same. He is the I'm going to stay. He's been in insurance for 20 years. I'm going mm -hmm. to stay in insurance for 20 years and move up mm -hmm. to where I need to do. Now that we are married, it is taking him. It, it took him a minute to figure out that he did marry this free spirit. <laughs> and <laughs> also when we got married, I owned a business, but he was, mm -hmm. you know, he still looked at business as the thing that you stay in that one business and you mm -hmm. keep it and then right. you pass it on to the kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I have enlightened him on the, the hippie me. And so mm -hmm. <laughs> as he sees it, <laughs> but he's also my grounding where he says, mm -hmm. okay, you need to finish this project. Before you do that project, because you've done a little too much now, I'm going to need you to reel that back in. So he has been that grounding force of support to say when and no, because he knows me so intimately. He knows my inner being that I've taken on too much, that I've done too much, that I've been to many places. And he's like, OK, it's time for you to calm it back down to help me do those different things. And if I did not have his support and his love and that that unconditional way that he makes sure that I'm OK, then I would not be able to. 
Uh-oh. business owner that I am and be able to try these different things and do these different things. I never would have been able to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and, and we do have to have faith in ourselves. You know, we've been talking about that all along that you have to have confidence in yourself and, mm-hmm. and all these various things, you know, because we couldn't succeed without it. You mm-hmm. know, we could have the biggest cheerleaders in the world. And if we're still doing, yeah, but mm-hmm. I don't know, then it's not going to be successful. But, you know, we aren't in this alone. Exactly. It's funny, I was watching a TV program the other night where, you know, one person got a promotion because somebody had spoken up for him and he was just offended. I mean, he, I wanted to get this job on my own and I can't believe you did this. And of course, the whole premise of the program was that he was mad and, and, you know, all these various things. And at the end, he, he realized that nobody gets anywhere without the support of others. Oh my God, I'm so glad that you said that. But <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because we live in the Western world in this isolation as though we are not a community. You have to have a community. In church, you have to have a community. In business, you have to have a community. You always have to live in a community. That no man is an island is so true. And if you are a self-made person and if you made yourself to the top, then shame on you because you should have had somebody with you and you should have pulled somebody else with you and you should never be by yourself on the top. That means that you were selfish and you didn't help anyone. Mm -hmm. So uh, living in isolation is horrible, but having a community to not only support you and push you and be that way forward and, and just go forward is the way that you need to go. We live in a society. We have to be able to utilize our society. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and your community size varies from person to person. Yes. You know, and and but but it's funny. You know, I mentioned that I've got this community on Facebook of people who support me through my cancer stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like four hundred people. It just surrounds wow. me. And you know, but I've I've told people anytime I go in for a procedure or mm-hmm. or something serious. Mm-hmm. There has been this bubble around me mm. of support, of love, of prayers. And I remember at one point very distinctly thinking, well, I can't die. All those people will be <laughs> mad at me. You know, and, 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 you know and, and the doctors would tell me, you're so calm. You know, and, and I'm like, well, there's all these people with me. You know, and, and whether it's that you're ill or that you're you know, planning your, your, your child's big event or in business, you really aren't alone. And I think maybe that's you know, what, what we want people, especially at this, this you know, holiday season time, is to remember that. Mm-hmm. Because it can be isolating, starting yes. your own business. You know, find the mastermind groups. You know, find oh. Facebook groups. You know, all those various things so that you have that support. Yes. I like my friends and I always call each other a tribe. Get mm-hmm. your tribe and stay with your tribe. And your tribe does right. not have to look like you. They don't have to be with you. They don't have to be around with you much. I have this year I've found a tribe and my tribe lives in Ohio with my friend Anita lives in Alabama with my friend Julia lives in California lives in South Carolina my tribe we get on and we utilize all forms of communication whether it's in person whether it's on the phone whether it's Facebook and and quite frankly people call social media the devil it is not if you utilize it the right way I met everybody on Facebook and I know that they genuinely care for me and love me. We have mm-hmm. transitioned from encouraging each other in business to in life, where mm-hmm. now we have started in one group, 
but we love each other. Where mm-hmm. um, I even have a friend who we have transi- transitioned to different type of racial conversations mm-hmm. because I mean I guess people will see in my picture as a as a beautiful African American woman that I am. <laughs> you know, in this climate that goes on, race relations have been horrible. But I can truly say that I have friends of many different race and ethnic backgrounds, who's mm-hmm. people who are Muslim, people who are Jewish, who mm-hmm. are, you know, everything, who truly care about each other, where we can talk to each other about, hey, I'm going through this. Can you tell me what you think? Mm-hmm. I saw you make a post about this. Are you okay? Hey, I got this business that's getting ready to happen. I'm, I'm getting ready for this contract. Can you pray for me? All these people make up my tribe and they make up my community. And the big thing that they have or the banner that they're under is that they care about me. They care right. about me and I care about them. And that is all that matters. Right. Well, now you've got a tribe person in Atlanta. So, <laughs> you know, this is such fun. And, oh my gosh, Shanice, we are at the top of the hour. So, I know, I know. See, girlfriend, we could just go on forever. But, you know, yeah, we do have to nip it in the bud. Okay. Um, But all it means is we just have to chat again. Yes. Um, But before then, how do people find you and connect with you online? Well, you can go to my Facebook or my my website, which is www.shaniscleckley.com. And you can find out all about me, where I'm handling and where I'm going. But if you're a mom and you are truly trying to do something and you want somebody to be a part of your tribe, you can go to www.ihelpmompreneurswin.com. And doing that, I'll connect with you and we can do life together. Perfect, perfect. Well, I really have an absolutely wonderful time talking with Shanice Cleckley today. I am Deb Creer, and until next week, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.